Hey, it's Barbara Phillips with NPBO, and I wanted to give you a heads up on a webinar that we have coming up Thursday, May 16th, and it will be with a certified healthcare privacy person who has been in charge of a very large healthcare organization and their privacy compliance, HIPAA, and all of that sort of thing. And I think it's very important that all clinicians attend this one because HIPAA affects all of us. And so you can get more information about that at npbusiness.org forward slash privacy matters. And just another quick heads up after that, in June, we'll be talking with someone who has been in charge of the IT compliance to protect the organization. And so this one will be geared toward how do you protect yourself as well as your practice. And I'll be sharing more information about that later. So let's move on with the podcast. This is the NP Business Matters podcast, episode number five, from selling potholders to having a nurse-owned business with Amelia Roberts, RN. the NP Business Matters podcast. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips, founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner and the Clinician Business Institute, where since 2007, we've provided education, resources, and support about the business of being a nurse practitioner. To learn more, please visit npbusiness.com and clinicianbusinessinstitute.com. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to invite you to do three things. First, Head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you're subscribed. Secondly, leave your feedback and share the podcast with your colleagues. And finally, visit npbusiness.com forward slash podcasts for the show notes, resources, and links, not only for today's episode, but for all of our episodes. Today, I'm interviewing Amelia Roberts, RN. You'll hear her talk about how entrepreneurship is in her blood and how she has approached business as a nurse. You'll also hear ideas that she has for nurses getting started in business, particularly in the online space. You'll want to follow her on social media and catch one of her numerous Facebook live streams. So let's go ahead and get started. How'd you get started in business? Entrepreneurship is literally in my blood. Um, my father was very entrepreneurial. There's a family story of him selling the car to pay for one of his, uh, or to invest in one of his um, ideas and ventures. And uh, my uncle supported his family for a time as a jazz musician. Mus- um, <laughs> music- Sorry about that. But in any case, um, so yeah, entrepreneurship is in my blood. Um, and I had friends who, when I was graduating high school in 2001, um, they started buying and flipping URLs. And, um, and then in 2007, I had friends who started their own virtual assistant business. So it's been introduced to my life like relatively early on. So um, I can't say it was one specific thing. Um, I, 
when I was really little, around eight, I sold pot holders and stained glass crafts to my grandmother's friends that would come by. So um, I, maybe that's what seeded the bug. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. So many of us come at this from so many different um, angles. So when you were talking about some of your other friends, were these also nurses or or people who did other things? Um, no. Um, so yeah, the, the friends in high school, um, no, they're just, you know, friends, okay. um, yeah, my congregation. Um, he actually now has a pretty sizable PR, um, PR firm, um, black PR, but in any case, he just started doing probably other stuff, but that's just what I knew about. And back then again, like 2001, 2002, you could buy URLs like the Cosby show or Dove soap and such. And, you know, they flipped them. And so mm-hmm. the concept of doing stuff online and earning money, that's when it was first introduced. But back in 2001, 2002, you didn't, you know, leave nursing school <laughs> to go and do that. You didn't do that. You, you get your degree or get your credentials. So, um, yeah. but that's when the concept was first introduced though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then what brought you to what you're doing today? Sure. So um, the idea, so I'm an introvert. I'm maybe on the, even on the hermit side and how I got into nursing is an interesting story. Um, simply, well, actually it's not that interesting. My mom said she'd pay for school if I became a nurse. So that, that was my choice. So um, in any case, so when it came, when I got another round of student loans, the idea of picking up extra shifts was not desirable to me. So I was like, okay, so what else can I do to earn an extra $1,000 a month to pay off these loans that we have now? And I had friends who started a virtual assistant business in 2007, 2008, I think. And um, by that time, they started teaching other people how to open, uh, how to do virtual assistant work. So I had taken their class in 2012 and so in 2016, when I had another that, you know, the student loans, I said, you know what, I could do virtual assistant work. Um, I know more about because, you know, I grew up using MySpace and whatnot, somewhat of a digital native. I know more about social media than other people and I can teach them what I know. But I mean, of course, I had to learn how to use social media for more than cat videos. So I took some courses and classes <laughs> about how to use it to build, you know, your brand and all that sort of stuff thing. And yeah, I started, you know, teaching people how to manage, um, you know, how to convey themselves digitally online. And um, I did social media management for some time. Long story short, more recently, I realized I enjoy connecting people with audiences versus just helping people to make a, a tweet and hoping that goes viral. I enjoy helping connect people who have podcasts, who have virtual summits, who have Facebook groups full of humans who are raising their hands saying they need my client's expertise. And so I've started to do that more often. Um, more, I'm sorry, I started doing that more recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as I was saying before we started recording, um, although I haven't had time to attend, I know that you're doing an awful lot of Facebook Lives. Or to me, it seems like an awful lot of Facebook Lives. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so I have a Facebook group. I'm, I help provide content for a Facebook group. And um, I have my, a Facebook page where 
I'm wanting to interview people that I feel like should, that other people should know more about. These folks, they're not necessarily my clients, but they're people out there who are doing amazing things in the online space because to truth be told, there are people out there in the online space who get a lot of attention, but they might not have that much substance. Once you peel underneath a layer or two, there's not much there. So people who are doing the work or doing real work, who clients are getting amazing results, people who are getting amazing results themselves, I want to put them um, on blast, Mm -hmm. um, free of charge, of course. And just because I want to be a resource to other people who are relatively new to the online business world and they're you know kind of curious about who maybe they should invest in or who's out there and so yeah I'm doing a lot of interviews um, highlighting um, people who are doing um, great things yeah yeah great great and so since most of our audience here are nurses nurse practitioners um, what would you what would you say to them that they can even do online? Because a lot of people don't, haven't thought that. We've been educated to be nurses. So just by being educated to be nurses, that kind of puts us into a hospital or some other kind of employment situation. And then the same with nurse practitioners. Most nurse practitioners, um, the, the concept is I'm going to go work for somebody else. Now, obviously, I work a lot with nurse practitioners who are starting practices and other businesses. But in terms of this I guess non-clinical or even maybe a little bit of clinical online business. What, what are you seeing from nurses and, and what are some of the things that you might suggest? So there's a quote, I think it's from Brian Tracy, but please check that. Um, all skills are learnable, right? So there's that. Um, on the online business world is vast. It is vast. It is vast. If there is a thing that you can think of that you kind of sort of might like, you can do it. I, I was listening to Amy Porterfield, and she's a very popular online business person. And she interviewed one of her star students who's multiple six-figure business earner, or bus- yeah, multiple six-figure business online. And she's a cat groomer. She grooms cats. She teaches other people how to groom cats. She has a cat grooming certification. So my, my dear nurses, my dear nurses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be laughing. Cat groomers. Okay. Yes. So uh, a lot of my dear nurses, we think, do I know enough to get started? You know, can I do this thing? And it's like, yes, there's a cat groomer out there who's killing it. So yes, you who've taken a course or two and has something that has to do with healthcare, absolutely, you can speak on lots of things. So um, there's freelance writers, there's nurses who do freelance writing, there are, there's social media management. Um, a lot of these large healthcare brands, especially a lot of people who are from, you know, IBM, you know, they retired or got fired from IBM, um, they hear healthcare has a problem so they want to start a healthcare business, and but then they need somebody who has healthcare expertise or savvy to figure out what they need to write or you know even to help design some of their materials. So instructional design, course design is a thing um, in the healthcare industry. Um, 
uh, oh my goodness, the options are the options are endless. Of course, of, you know you have coaching um, of all sorts. If you don't feel like you know, if you're kind of cautious about the clinical side, sometimes people may not want to coach around like blood pressure, but they're sleep coaches. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean. I, I could go on and on. But. Right. It, it really is limitless. It really is. I'd like to touch on something, though, that you said, because I've had this conversation before. Those of us who we've gone to nursing school, we've gone to medical school, we've got, you know, we've got bachelors and masters and doctorates. I think that we get so caught up with questioning, do we know enough, because we're so used to being on that academic treadmill and learning in an academic way that that taking a concept that isn't all that complicated and being able to put it online and as you said kill it you know with a six figure plus business um by doing something that is not all that complicated and and I don't mean to say cat grooming is not because I don't know a thing about cat grooming but you know, you were talking about flipping domains. There are still a lot of people that are making a lot of money doing that kind of thing or, um, you know, any any number of things in the online marketing space. Yes. Um, so a couple of things. So I invite nurses to maybe think about the non-clinical side first just because we tend to overthink the clinical side. Um, And once you, and so that's just my first suggestion is to maybe don't go straight for the clinical. Um, And if you do go for the clinical, consider consulting. Um, How I found my first, so that's sort of what I started with in a well sort of, not really, actually I did do the social media management first, but I said, you know, I'm a nurse, why not use my nursing expertise? So. I was thinking, okay, I want to be a, a consultant. What can I consult in? Well, I know HIPAA uh, better than a lot of the folks out here that I'm seeing who misspell HIPAA, literally. And so I searched and I went to Indeed, and you're welcome to do this. Go to Indeed, um, put it in whatever sort of expertise that you feel as though you have. That's what I did. I put in HIPAA. And then I put contracts. I selected, I want to see what HIPAA contracts were out there. And I saw a role for a HIPAA consultant. And it was with a startup firm that helps um, companies become, um, meet HIPAA compliance. I mean, they're not, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I, they know that I'm not a lawyer. The clients know that I'm not a lawyer. I'm just guiding them through the steps, helping them guide through the steps to um, to, actually, they had a, a sort of like a project management tool that takes people through the steps of um, evaluating, you know, whether or not they're, you know, they're um, keeping their compliance up to date. So um, it asks a series of questions and some people don't know what these questions mean or, you know, they don't have like a really great understanding of where, so where their, all their data is, you know, they might have servers that are someplace and they don't really know where they are. And, you know, they can't really answer these questions. And it's like, oh, well, you might need to look into it. So it wasn't like I was going on site and, you know, with a flashlight and showing them, you know, looking around for their servers or anything like that. I was just guiding them through a process that was already there. 
So um, that was a consulting role. Um, and I, I'm sorry if I get, I got off a track, no, but, no. um, but in any case, so, so when you, so I invite, well, that's my first thing. So maybe don't go straight for the clinical. And if you do decide to go clinical, you know, maybe getting a contract with a company might be a great, um, a great segue into throwing up your own shingle, you know, mm-hmm. get some time experience being a consultant with another company and then that might give you the confidence that you need. You might look around and say, you know what, what I'm doing for this company, I can do on my own. That might give you the confidence you need. And then, you know, you can go off and, you know, set up your you know, business structure and um, proceed down that route. But um, there are lots of different ways to take baby steps um, towards being a full-fledged independent um, consultant or independent business owner. Um, there are sort of like, um, I don't want to say baby steps, but yeah, there are steps to get towards that, um, that, um, yeah, independent business owner role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that um, I know that, you know, well, first of all, the whole idea of being a consultant is really good. But one of the things I would caution everyone about if they are going to do something clinical is make sure that you are addressing any scope of practice issues. Oh, yes. State laws. <laughs> and, yes. and I've seen too many people having to clean up messes or try to get out of trouble because they um, weren't aware of something. And uh, no, no matter what you're doing, the Board of Nursing in any state is they're going to assume you've done your homework and saying, I don't, didn't, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that I couldn't do that is not going to cut it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so let me back up a a lot. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Because, um, yeah, so before you, you know, throw up your shingle, I mean, definitely talk to a lawyer, your accountant, make sure your business structure is set up in a way where, you know, you can take and receive money and everything will be okay for tax reasons. And then of course, yes, legally. um, And, you know, even now, especially in the um, health and wellness space, there's a lot that you can't say, you know, in terms of FTC compliance, um, promises, and all sorts of things that you can't, you know, um, guarantees when when it comes to health related issues, you have to be super careful. So yes, absolutely, you know, have that in place and a great way to kind of also figure out what all is needed is to be a consultant for a company that's already established. Um, you can sort of learn, um, in a way with them, but, um, yeah, but in any case, yeah, definitely the whole legal, um, tax business structure, um, is definitely something you need to have in place and a reputable business coach will make sure that you have that together um two it's mm-hmm. it's not it's there's only a certain amount of google i mean google can only get you but so far um that's that's the truth and yeah a lot of us especially in certain generations we do feel pretty powerful with our google game but um yes definitely investing in a, a business coach who's familiar with the industry is is the place to start yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, Google's my friend, but you know, Google has limits. It does. It absolutely does. And just like anything else, I mean, we've all been taught critical thinking 
And Google is just an algorithm and it doesn't necessarily do critical thinking. And, mm. and that's where we need to kind of step it up here. So um, Amelia, one of the things that I know that you do, you know, you, you've got this connector title with your, with you and you like to connect people. And um, you know, today we're doing everything virtual. So how would you, what would you say about people who are getting started and they're, they're trying to get in front of people? Um, how would we get more visible, you know, kind of that first state in business thing that you often talk about? Um, what would you recommend there? So um, thankfully, opportunities, there's this quote that I love um, that I say all the time that opportunities do not float like clouds in the sky. They're firmly attached to individuals. So if you're looking for an opportunity, you're really looking for an individual. And um, yep, opportunities flow through congregations of people. And that's a um, more or less a Reid Hoffman quote. And Reid Hoffman is the founder or the co-founder of LinkedIn. So he's all about connections, all about people. And that is his, that is his quote. So um, with that said, fortunately, and thank you, thank goodness, humans are humans, and um, humans are gathering around, you know, topics related to specific things and pain points, and there are people who you might want to, you might call them influencers, but there are podcast hosts, there's mastermind leaders, there's, um, there's Facebook group owners who have already gathered a group of humans around a particular topic of expertise. And they're all experts in their own right, but typically they're not nurses. Typically they're not healthcare professionals, um, but the humans in their network are curious about all sorts of things. And so connecting with people who already have done the hard work of gathering up here best buyers or prospective best buyers or people who'd be interested in what you have to offer, that work has already been done. And, um, and yeah, and so a lot of times finding these um, groups of people who need experts to come into our audience and teach them about a particular thing, that is not that hard to do. It just takes time, granted. It does take time and you have to, you know, reach out in a way that's full of service and, you know, at curiosity and, you know, um, not in a spammy way so that they'll respond to you. But, um, and that does take a little time, but yeah, there are lots of groups out there who um, are looking for experts to come in and um, talk to their audience about something um, that might be in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a really good point. There are so many um, I, I really like what you said, actually, about the opportunities and, and being attached to a, um, a person, because that is so true. If we can somehow just open our eyes, there's opportunities everywhere. Um, one of the, the things, being one of those um, uh, people that own a large Facebook group, if, if you can own a Facebook group, that may not be the correct uh, terminology there. But, um, you know, it's about business and nurse practitioners. You know, the, the thing about it is, and I'll speak from, from my point of view and, and our other moderator, you know, whenever we go into a group, it's really important um, 
to connect with that administrator or the owner of the group and really develop that relationship with there instead of going in and just um, posting all over the place, for instance. I see that um, and it's really distasteful. And I've had other um, uh, group owners contact me and say, what do I do about this? How do I how do I get this under control? This person comes in and essentially they're spamming. So I know that's not what you teach um, mm -hmm. nurses to do or people in general to do. So what would be the best way that you might recommend somebody approach, um, you know, a, a group owner who's gathered all of these people, an influencer, whatever title that person wants to go by? What, what would you suggest? So um, I suggest approaching in a matter, again, that's like full of curiosity um, and be transparent, you know, say, you know, um, hey, uh, Facebook group owner, podcast host, summit leader or whatnot. Um, I noticed that you, you know, a lot of people in your audience have this concern about blah, blah, blah. Um, I serve um, in this capacity. I'm curious if this would be something that could support your audience and ask them that, allow them to say, you know what, um, actually we're we're good so far in content. We have our content planner planned for the next two years and we don't have any holes or gaps. <laughs> they might say that. Um, I don't or, know anybody who would, but yes, they might. <laughs> right, that's a, let's, let's talk worst case scenario, worst case scenario, right? That's the, what's the worst case scenario that's gonna happen. Um, and they might say, you know what, actually, we could use that topic. Yes, you know, people in our audience have talked about that particular type of thing. And, you know, I'm a um, gluten-free chef. Um, I don't necessarily talk about how to bring your entire family on board with gluten-free eating. Absolutely. I would like for you to come in and talk about ways um, that you can help, you know, your family get on board with gluten-free eating or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, uh, Facebook group, mom of preschoolers. Um, hey, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of uh, people in your audience uh, are struggling with, you know, uh, sleep routines. You know, lots of things are changing. I'm curious if you'd be open to having someone talk about how to um, institute or maintain or strengthen a sleep routine. Do you think that could serve your audience or could that serve your audience? I mean, be sincerely curious. Don't just go walk up in there and say, hey, this is my thing. I sell sleep programs. And I know everybody, you know, here wants some of that. That's like not the thing or, or the business, um, period. Yeah. And that's weird. I mean, it feels weird yeah. on both parts. Right. Um, and yeah, so I invite people to lead with curiosity, um, service, and, um, and just have a conversation that just starts out with curiosity and service. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, I think a lot of us would be a lot more open to that, you know, uh, rather than, oh, here I am and here's all my stuff and then just spewing it out in the group. Um, I just see that a little bit too often. So I just wanted to get, get your take on that. And I think it's yeah. so right on. Yeah. Yeah. And go ahead. No, I was just going to say when we have something and we're so enthusiastic about it. You know, of course, we want to share it with everyone. But um, 
I, I think we need to learn how to read the recipients a little bit. Maybe that's a, a way to put it. Um, to, to even, or just to find out, is it even wanted or desired? Or is anybody even curious about it? Yes, yes. And there is a phrase that I've heard, and I can't remember where I've heard it before, but um, when I'm working with people, there's a, a process that I take them through, and I encourage people to build at the pace of relationships, right? And this is borrowed from Building a Story Brand, Donald Miller. But um, I have a Trello board where, you know, we put our, so yes, during our session, we brainstorm um, collaborative partners or prospective clients or whatnot. We brainstorm and we put them in a Trello board and different cards for, you know, five of them. And then we have a, a section called curiosity. We have a section called conversation. We have a section called, um, there's a couple follow-up sections. We have a section that's called um, commitment. And we have um, another section that's called, uh, or no, proposal before commitment, there's proposal. And then we have commitment. And then we also have a section where it says, I'm full right now. And I'm full right now is it's sort, it's sort of like a no, but I, I use that example as like I'm full right now because that category um, is, is taken from the idea if you're out at a restaurant and you know you had a great meal, a great steak, and they come up and say, hey, are you ready for dessert? And you say, no, thank you, I'm full. Um, the waitress isn't going to you know, say, oh my goodness, they said they don't want any other cake. <laughs> They'll be okay, it's just they're set, they're full right now. So that's where we put our quote no's. But in any case, um, I invite people to guide you know, their interactions with humans, whether those humans are prospective clients or people who have a Facebook group that you, know, you would love to um, share your content all over the place in. Um, or it's someone that you're interested in dating. It really doesn't much matter. Humans are humans, but it all starts with um, it all starts with curiosity. You know, it all starts with curiosity. It starts with a conversation. It starts with you getting to know the needs of the other person and how um, you can help them survive and thrive. That's what makes us move forward with dating. When we're dating somebody, we're like, how can this person help me survive and thrive? How can they help me get to my um, desired state of being quicker, faster, easier? That's just what we're thinking about. So um, we don't, of course, propose on the first date, period. That's, that's weird. But a lot of people, you know, of course, especially those of us who are new in business, we're so excited about our thing and we've had life-changing um, product stories and we just want everyone's life to be changed as well. Um, we can skip past a few steps in the stages of, of relationship and go from, um, oh, stranger is the first one. So I have like stranger and then I have commitment. But in any case, we go from stranger <laughs> to commitment, you know, and one, you know, one step and it's like nope there's yeah. stranger there's curiosity there's conversation there's following up a couple right. times and then eventually there's a proposal and then yes yeah but um yeah that's a, that's really a good way to look at it instead of um jumping right in which you know unfortunately we see all too often so um hopefully those that are engaging in that kind of activity will definitely listen. In fact, even rewind and listen to that again, because it is really all business is about relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you were here today. So 
where can people connect with you? Because obviously you're someone that people need, need to connect with. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. I am wanting to do more over there. So please connect with me over on LinkedIn. I'm there as Amelia J. Roberts, uh, collaboration facilitator. I should come up. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter um, at RN underscore solutions. Um, email Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A at solutions by Amelia com and I have a freebie link that I'll be sure to give you um, it's called how to get in front of anyone it's a PDF where it gives you um, suggestions of how to get out there and you know what to say and um, yeah oh great great and so you know for all of you listening head over to the blog at NP business and I'll have um, I'll have the the links and for everything that um, Amelia has talked about and how to get a hold of her and all of her social media handles. So, any last thoughts or anything I haven't asked you yet that you would like to share? Um, a, a sort of a reframe that I I invite um, your listeners to think about. Um, a lot of us who are in healthcare or regulated industry, we are very, very cautious about, you know, speaking up and speaking out um, with, with, with good reason, right? If we say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, you know, someone might die, someone might, you know, you know some horrible thing might happen. Um, but I invite you con to consider that obscurity is also a disease. Um, that's how I feel. I have seen nothing great happen from people not being heard or being obscure, especially when you have something that can be helpful and relevant. And, um, you know, there, I have views about voices that are being heard that are giving out loud, wrong advice, right? And people following the loud, wrong advice that's readily available. And then we have millions of professionals who've been through school and we we're kind of hesitant about saying. So the people who, you know, need to kind of go in the corner and sit down, I don't think that they're the healthcare professionals, in my opinion. And there is a way to go about um, getting out there and becoming visible. Um, there's definitely a way um, to go about it. But I just want people to kind of think about that, that obscurity really is a disease, nothing great comes from it, whether you're, you know, feeling invisible at the bedside or feeling invisible in the boardroom or feeling invisible when you're trying to get clients. Yeah. So I just invite people to consider that reframe. Oh, I like that. I like that. We'll have to do more on that one. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the NP Business Matters podcast today. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. So once again, I wish to thank Amelia for taking the time out today to share her ideas about nurses and business. Make sure that you take the time to head on over to npbusiness.com forward slash podcasts where you'll find the notes from today's episodes as well as resources, links, and contact information. And while you're there, be sure to take a look around the blog and take note of all the education, resources, and support options that are available to you as an advanced practice nurse on the topics of the business of healthcare, practice and business startup, and more. Again, that's npbusiness.com. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule today to spend time with me today.
I'm Barbara C. Phillips, founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now. 